Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got an heart. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. They're all going to laugh at you. I'm listening to the Jersey Girls. Hey, everybody. What's up? And welcome to the first Richard Jenkins fan club appreciation meeting. I'm your co-president Jackie, joined and I, by my <laughs> other and I'm, president Marissa. I'm the assistant. I'm the assistant to the president, Marissa. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I call, I hereby call this meeting to order. And let's first pray to the God, which is Richard Jenkins. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to throw you with that one. <laughs> no, I'm. I was ready. You know, I'm always ready. Um, well, hello. Jersey Ghouls fans, welcome to another episode. Yes, we are indeed celebrating not one, but two American treasures today. <laughs> so yeah, so we inadvertently uh, made this an homage to a one David Arquette, which who knew? Who knew we'd ever pay tribute? I never thought those words would come out of my mouth, Jen. No, it's true. And and not unlike where we have speculated with Juliette Lois, is David Arquette a truly talented actor or, or is he on the spectrum? Maybe is, a little special yeah, needs. Is he a little bit special? I can never tell with him. Me neither. And I just want to go on the record as saying, it's not that I'm judging or care one way or the other. I am so for it either way. <laughs> I'm going to, I mean, we should ask Courtney, Courtney Cox. Because she They're not know. together anymore, I thought. But she lived with him for years and years. She'd know. That's true. Maybe she That's didn't true. know the whole time. Maybe that was the question I don't know. that like- when she filed for a divorce, she was like, "The is that one of the options, one of the boxes you could pick? Like, yeah. I can't tell if my spouse is just incredibly talented or special needs. With the bangs that she had in Scream 3, I question her <laughs> as well, so. Those were some hideous bangs. Oh, man. All right, well, as per usual, you know, Jackie, I'm a little, I'm a little hungry tonight. I was yeah? thinking, yeah, I could go for something, maybe a nice steak, some ribs. I yeah. know, but really, I don't know. really rare though. Like really rare. super, yeah, super rare. I want, I want my burger mooing, you know. Me too, or my human screaming. Oh wait, what? Oh, what? Oh, what? Oh my god! Hang on now. Oh, Hang oh on. my goodness. Um, tonight we're gonna tackle a subject that I am very excited to tackle. We're gonna talk about cannibalism. Not just cannibalism. We're going old timey cannibalism. Oh my god! Is there any other kind? This is the best kind of cannibalism, if you ask me. <laughs> 
this is back to a simpler time when one could nibble on their their friends if perhaps they were hungry. If, That's true. If mayhaps you were riding the Oregon Trail and you were off to seek your fortune in the West and maybe I died from dysentery, like in the actual game, and you were like, I'm, I'm a little hungry. I'm a Ooh, my I'm gonna nosh a little bit on sure. my best friend. That's fine. That, you would still be like half alive. We'd be like, no, well, it's fine. Just oh, no. scream, I wonder if you can I eat live. yourself. <laughs> I wonder if you can eat yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like that was a thought I had. Like if I'm on the Oregon Trail, right? right. And I'm like, oh crap, I'm gonna starve to death. Could I consume a part of my own body? I you know, I feel like you would probably go into shock before uh, you could what if i like chopped off my own finger and then ate well i still i think you might go maybe maybe you won't go in shock for chopping off a finger huh but is it like bad cow disease like would i get like mad people disease from eating myself i don't think so no you no. want to do it experiment real quick <laughs> chad i need you yeah chad come here real quick we got we, we need a little favor <laughs> you're fine you don't need all those toes bro I know. <laughs> all right well anywho Tonight, we are going back to the Wiki Wiki Wild Wild West, where we are going to deal with uh, Ravenous from 1999 and Bone Tomahawk from 2015. 15, yep. All right. So there's a lot to unpack in these movies. So I'm really excited to get started, Jackie. The first thing that I got to say is uh, Ravenous really gave me, and this pun is intended, a lot of meat to chew on, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like there was a, thank you. I'm here you, all night. You. Tip your waiter. Um, <laughs> Uh, because I felt like it was a very like complicated kind of nuanced a lot of like like any movie that opens with a Nietzsche quote I'm here for you know what I mean I what was it maybe last year it had been the year before I forget when it was but the first time I ever saw this was one of our post-recording movie watches it was you me Nate maybe your brother maybe Matt I don't remember but I had never seen it. And I think you, I, it was either you or Nate that was like, yeah, this is, this is a pretty cool, you know, cannibal movie. And I remember watching it then and being completely blown away by it. Like, I really like this movie. And I'm like, how, how are more people not like talking about this movie? Like, did I miss it? Cause it came out in 99. So it was on the cusp of like the shitty 2000s horror movies. But I'm like, did I miss this somehow? Did I not hear people talking about it? Or do people just not talk about this movie? Because let's take like the plot aside. Like this movie is so well done. The pacing is fantastic. The writing is fantastic. It's gory. It's bloody. I, I can keep going. No, a hundred percent. And it must've been, it must've been Nate who recommended this one to you. Cause this was my first viewing of this film. Um, and I gotta tell you, I was super here for it. First of all, I love, I loved Antonia Bird's directing. Mm-hmm. And when I when I did a, I did a little research on her, and it turns out that she was mostly like a theater and professional drama act, uh, director. And I feel like you can tell. I feel the way she stages a scene is a very kind of classically trained way about her. Yeah. Um, I got to be honest, like the first note I had was, "Oh shit, it's Leo from The West Wing," because I love him so much. Um, I got to be honest too, guy. Guy Pierce didn't know mm-hmm. much about him other than his like being married to Madonna. What a smolder on that guy, huh? Well, it's funny that your first note is about a particular actor because my first note is about Guy Pierce and it is, oh, look, it's discount Ethan Hawke. Oh my God. <laughs> there was at least five times in the movie where I was like, is that really Guy Pierce or is that Ethan Hawke? Like, he I did, don't know. He looked like Ethan Hawke, like circa reality bites 
like okay. Troy Dyer with the hair and the in the eyes and the like he, he very much oh yeah flood basement oh, yeah. um yeah I kept thinking it was Ethan Hawke no no yeah me too me too and and yet I I can't help it I had to laugh because there were so many points in the movie where all he did was go and it it was it worked for me don't get me wrong I love that I did a smolder for a podcast but it's my sexiest smolder there y'all yeah Um, guys it's 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 hella sexy hella sexy be jealous be jealous she's lucky I'm not in the same room with her So this movie takes place in 1847 in the throes of the uh, American Mexican-American War um, in a little tiny fort in the Sierra Nevadas. And it's it's got, what's his face from Beetlejuice, the child molester, before he got busted? <laughs> Jeffrey, Jeffrey Jones. Jones. Jeffrey Jones. Jeffrey my, Jones. My second note is in the movie <laughs> when he's like, do you have any hobbies? I have a hobby. My note is, yeah, yeah I have a hobby. Ch- child porn. So... <laughs> I had the same thought. I'm like, God, it it puts such a sour taste in my mouth. Like, I hate him for ruining movies like Beetlejuice and uh, Ferris Bueller. Bueller. You know, like, I'm like, God damn you, man. And again, this, I I think the bigger cancel culture question will come up in due time with both of these movies. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not going to throw away a really good movie because the douche, one of the douches in it happen to be the biggest douche of all you know what I mean like I don't think it's fair to anything and we've had this conversation would I put him in a movie today no I would not did he die of course not he died right no I think he's still alive well whoever puts him in jail I think well I I think I IMDb'd him and he did have work post child molestation charges so fuck anybody who hired him after that but um so so yeah so basically Okay, so my first question that I, I had trouble with the plot was when he was laying, so the, the plot is about a guy who survived an attack by pretending to be dead, which perfectly valid, perfectly legitimate way to survive. Um, I am not judging there, but did he eat people? Is that what we're, or just drink the blood? Yeah, because so he, so uh, Captain Boyd faked being dead. And in the event of him faking being dead, um, the enemy dragged him off and put him in like the pit with all the other dead bodies. And dead bodies were piled on top of him and the blood from, you know, his other soldiers were dripping down and dripped into his mouth and he basically drank their blood. What a goddamn drama queen. The whole, he spends the whole movie being like, I'm a cannibal. It's we're not talking like you sliced off the guy's butt and ate it. Like we're not talking you had a rub roast. You drank a little bit of blood. Simadonna, you drama queen. Okay, we've all been there. We've all a little blood. We're fine. <laughs> um, right? We've all been there. <laughs> yeah, we've totally all been there. Guys, help me call. The <laughs> call the police on mercy, you guys. <laughs> When, when you're sleeping, Jackie, that's when I try it. <laughs> um, but <laughs> don't drink blood. That's very unsanitary. No, it's icky. Especially in it's the really, day of the room. Really, read the room, Marissa. <laughs> There's a pandemic going on. Uh, you can get it from breathing. You don't have to worry about the blood. You're definitely going to get it from the blood. <laughs> um, anywho. Yeah, so this guy then gets sent off to, to this, this little cave. And a dude comes in and tells them his story uh, that um, one of the guys he was with was eating people, right? So they all march out to go save the woman who they think is in jeopardy of being eaten. Turns out he's the cannibal all along and he wrecks all of them and he, um, they all scamper off, right? And only Boyd survives. 
but why am I explaining the plot of the movie? What's I don't know. I was here? just going to say, I'm like, we're getting a little uh, Jackie synopsis a la Marissa now. I know. I don't know. I just feel like it's like it, I'm worried nobody's going to know what we're talking about. Well, everybody should pause, pause okay. the podcast, go watch Ravenous, spend okay. the couple bucks to go rent it. So worth it. It, it really is. Like right out the gate, I'm going to tell you guys, worth don't sleep everything. on this. It's already been out for two decades. So and I missed it. I gotta so tell you, and I don't, I don't know how I missed it, but I missed it. Um, it's so good, guys! It's so good. You have to see it. All right, so you're sure you're right. Let's let's dive into the the meat and the potatoes, if you will. Um, yes. the, so the whole film basically deals with the idea that someone who consumes somebody else's meat, uh, human meat, gets powers from it, and can like and becomes like addicted to it, right? And they talk about, well, so the first thing we have to unpack is like this notion of like the savage, right? Because this is a very problematic trope of like, and especially in Bone Tomahawk more so than in Ravenous, but this yeah. idea that like, what are, what what makes us civilized in, in 1800 America is that we would never eat each other. But the truth of the matter is the more research I did, the more commonality I found that in that particular time in American history, people were hungry and starving, people well ate each other. And it became a symbol of like complete savagery, complete return to the thing we we were scared the most of, which was the natives. Um, but then the, the, the natives in the film who are part of their little fort are actually the ones who tell them the story of the Wendigo. Mm -hmm. um, and the Wendigo is a very real, you know, mythology, cryptoid thing where um, these creatures consume human flesh and get power from it and become obsessed with consuming more human flesh um so in the story i think it's it's interesting this kind of idea that like the main characters all get powers from from eating human flesh yeah they talk about how it it essentially can heal them it can heal any illness it can heal any injury it makes them uh what's the word he used at one point like virile and it it just yeah. gives you strength it really does just it makes you a completely new person. It, it, it makes you kind of your, your best self. But on the other side of that coin is the more you eat, the more obsessed you become and the more ravenous you become ah, for human flesh. Yeah. And like it, it, one of the things that was what like stuck out to me right away was when he was like, well, you know, the Christians consume the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And that put me right into a research rabbit hole that went very deep for me. And it turns out that there is, of course, leave it to the Catholics, because I am one, to double down on the literal interpretation of that. Like, so I, I did all the research and as far back as the 1400s, the, Christ, the Christians were all in disagreement over what it meant when he said, here's my, my blood, here's my, you know, my mm -hmm. body. Most non bird religions understand it's a metaphor like well they will interpret that as he took his water and he took like his bread and he was like hey guys like we're all gonna drink this like we're all one you know but yeah. the catholics back in the day doubled down on the idea that they were consuming the flesh of jesus to make him a part of all of us now again why i find this so fascinating is because again christians were so quick are the first ones to condemn any religion that isn't christianity you know, and, and I'm not speaking for all Christians here, obviously. And I'm also talking mostly to historical, you know, at this point in the 17 and 1800s, Christians are still very, if you're not Christian, you're the devil. And at the end of the day, 
the irony of all of it is, is that so much of their own mythology is tethered to this notion of consumption and this consumption of body and how you get power from it and you imbibe the person. Like, why do we eat the little Eucharist? Because it's the body of Christ, right? We're taking on him and we're taking on all of it. So really there is so little difference in my head. And I know this might be blasphemous, but between the mythology of the Wendigo and the mythology of like the consumption of the body of Christ, you know, it's all just this mythology of this idea that by consuming the human flesh, you somehow gain some sort of power. And it was really fascinating. One of the articles I read, and I wish I would have, I wish I would have written down the author, but was basically about how like the reason why Christians hate the savages so much in 1800s America is because we are them and we just think we're better than them. Like, it's like you see yourself in the mirror and you go, ugh, that's not me, you know? And so I thought that was a very fascinating look at cult, like post-colonial expansion America. Um, mm. This idea that we're so horrified by ourselves that we can't, so we instead, you know, call somebody else the other and act like they're the problem when really we were the savage mofos is the truth of it. Yeah, and and in this movie in particular, like one of the quote unquote savages, the one Native American guy, he was the fucking stoner. Like he and David Arquette were the fucking stoner 420 boys. And it was hysterical. Like I love when the 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 one general was like, all right, you're going to go out, you know, go do this, go to the market, be back in three days. You know, don't do drugs. Don't do the peyote. Don't smoke mm-hmm. crack. Like he went through like these lists. No hookers, right? Yeah. That's the that's the same talk I get every time I leave for Wegmans. What yeah. from that? It's like Marissa, I'm giving you money. This is not for peyote or for hookers. Yeah. It's for groceries. Yeah. And sure. then I have to bring somebody along to remind me just in case I get a little distracted. Um, but no, Can I seriously, call the police. <laughs> What's a peyote? <laughs> Wait, just kidding. Just kidding. Don't call the police. <laughs> um, is peyote even something you can get anymore? I don't know. Like, I wonder if I wanted to procure some peyote, where I would go. Bonnaroo? You know what? I have been... Like Coachella? <laughs> Bonnaroo. Like, I feel like those are the places that people, <laughs> that people like, actively still do peyote. <laughs> still do peyote. That, and that's as much drug knowledge as I have. Oh my God. I was I was reading... So I watched a Vice episode. Oh man, I forget the name of the show where it's like a dude who goes and does all the craziest drugs in the world. And he went and did... It's a really fascinating show, to be fair. Um, it's on Vice. And he went to this place where it's like you do this really rare hallucinogenics... But anyway, they were talking about it on My Favorite Murder too, because the, they literally have like a, a like a retreat where you go and the entire thing is to basically like smoke peyote and have a cathartic experience. And it's supposed to be like the most amazing cure for anxiety on the planet. And it's fascinating to think that like, like that could be, I mean, like, listen, at the end of the day, would I try it? No, I'm way too big of a wuss. I've never, and I know myself, there is no way if I do something like that, that I'm having a good experience. Like I am far too, <laughs> far too anxious and far too damaged of a human being, but it is an interesting concept. Um, any hoodle. Um, well, so my first question to you is you're traveling the along, you're going to starve to death. Do you eat another human being to, to stay, stay alive? Probably. Yeah, me too. 100%. Yeah. A little ketchup. It's fine. I will admit that um, for some reason, as I am not a queasy person, but when I watch cannibalism film movie scenes where they're eating the flesh, it does kind of make me a little queasy. It's a little icky. It's, it's a little, like, I'm not going to be like, I can't look, but right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's a, it's a little icky. I, uh, 
But yeah, no, I, I think that in, in that situation, you know, you're, you're traveling westbound. Your you're, it's forces, like you're going to die. Yeah, right. You're, you know, you, you've eaten all of the animals, right? There's nothing left but people. I don't, here's the thing. I'm going to kill someone. Yeah, I was going to say, that's my caveat. I don't know that I kill somebody just to eat them, but you know, if, if Meemaw is already on the way out. <laughs> right, she's, exactly. She's, I'm going to eat her. I'm going to no, eat her. No, I agree. Me too. I, I think that at the end of the day, if you're, if you're literally going to die and there's meat, why not? Right. Yeah. Um, now what's interesting though, is the two thoughts that popped into my head were number one, could, can you get a disease from eating raw human? I don't, I don't, I don't think I'd be eating anybody raw. Like I'm, I'm thinking like, if I'm going to eat somebody, but like, he ate raw, right? Like when he was stuck with, first when of all, he was stuck with them, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that I have a fire and I can, Oh, you're going to cook it up. A I little, can roast a little medium off. rare. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm going to dig at the bottom of my pack and I'm going to find an extra like Papa John's garlic butter packet. Oh yeah. Dip, dip a little dip. And, yeah. My question. All right. Here's the next one question. <laughs> you have to make a meal of human with limited resources. What do you cook? I'm see. I agree with them about the stew, because the potato, yeah. the potatoes, the onions, the meat—they'll really, you know, kind of you just mix it all together. And, and it's and, it's really cold and snowy there. I'm, right. I'm warms you. It yeah, warms you. Yeah. No. I think a nice human stew. stew. Yeah. Because here's the thing. I think if you're just sitting around like eating a slab of human, it's gonna feel a lot more horrifying than if I'm just like scooping a little. Yeah. Stew. I want like I want something else in that same bite. Like if you know, yeah. it's like if I've got like a little bit of potato, a little bit of carrot. I want to throw some aromatics in my stew. Yeah, sure. A little, a little, little broth, a little broth. Yeah, yeah. If I can put like like on the bite with like a little bit of human, but like mm-hmm. also a carrot. I think it please the palate, yeah. Yeah, I can. I, I could so probably too. get, yeah. And, and if I had the means, I might make a little chili, like Texas chainsaw style. There I think they're onto something because I got to tell you, yeah, chili's always delicious. <laughs> I love chili. Chili's me good. Too. All year round, we make chili in our house. Little, me too. A little cheese, a little sour cream. Bam. I've got a meal <laughs> on, the, on the northern trail, on the western trail, whatever the hell direction I'm going. Um, Manifest destiny. <laughs> I got to tell you one thing, though. I'm not surviving because I have A, no sense of direction, and B, I'm a giant wuss when it comes to being cold. So I would be the first one to die. I'd just be like, just eat me because I'd rather <laughs> die than have to live this life. Um, Another interesting thing, when I was doing my research on Wendigos and like all of these reports of, of people having seen Wendigos, it's always in the North, it's always in like the Northwest, there is a psychological disorder called Wendigo psychosis. It is not recognized by the DSM or any of like APA or anything like that, sure. um, but it is indeed a, a phenomenon that they are trying to say is a legit one. And what it is, is basically... A person who lives in severe isolation and in a very cold environment. So think someone like Canada or like that part of Alaska where it's like dark all the time, shit like that, right? You tend to get so isolated and um, obsessive compulsive with your own ideologies that for some reason you seek out like meat, I guess, because like the human body wants like whatever. You have one taste of human flesh or blood or whatever. And you become obsessed with the idea that you need to eat humans to survive. And there have been like 12 confirmed cases in very specific regions of the world where Wendigo psychosis has become a thing. And the craziest part of the story is that in more than one of those cases, they said that it took, the person almost felt like they had superhuman strength at one point. 
Now, whether some of the scientists and some of the uh, psychologists who did kind of try to study these cases were like, it might have been psychological, like the idea of like, you know, you could lift a car in a moment of, but what's fascinating is that these people really almost kind of had superhuman abilities after consuming human flesh. And most of them wound up in prison because most of them started getting the flesh through nefarious ways. Because yeah. fun fact, you can't just be like, hey, can I borrow your arm? Just gonna hang, 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 hang. <laughs> just a little nibble. Um, so it, it's it's curious. So now again, the, the psychological world is like, this is a bunch of hoo-ha. These are people with just severe like mental health disorders who masquerade under this Wendigo mm-hmm. psychosis. But again, what's fascinating about it is that once the person can, can, this person who is probably going through just like isolation, lack of vitamin D, whatever, couldn't consumes human flesh it becomes their obsession and they become super like super powerful that's crazy right that's crazy and like i said there's about 12 different very murky cases i'm not saying that i would be like oh no this definitely happened but i mean there's enough out there that you can be like hmm food for thought (laughs) food for thought i'm on (laughs) fire tonight with the puns um yeah, and then I also did some research about the Wendat tribe and the Algonquins who basically, you know, kind of made an almost normative practice very early on of consuming human flesh as part of, same thing, part of their like religious ceremonies. So it's kind of funny, again, to look at the, the parallels. Um, and, and for Americans, I think, especially during the 1800s, I think being eaten was a real fear and a very real having to be so desperate that you would eat humans was a real fear. But what I think the other interesting metaphor here is, is this idea of consumerism and consumption, you know, like the same way that a zombie would often be thematically representative of just our insatiable craving for stuff. I think this ravenous does a good idea of suggesting that like, once you start wanting something, you're always going to want more. And I have to say, I got to give it to this movie because when the dude who wound up being the cannibal walked in as the general. I might have soiled myself a little bit. I was like, that was like such I was, a good moment. Yeah. Such a, that's what I'm saying about what this movie. A great like, movie. It was like, yep. You know, it's got the the twist and turns that you like don't dark. expect. Yep. That expect, and it's like I said, the writing. I think the writing is fantastic. Like the writing goes from being, you know, witty. Like the fact you said that, like, what was it? What did you say? It was the 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 Nietzsche quote yeah, in the, the beginning. Thing, yeah, where like if you quickly order to followed, fight monsters, yeah. Right. And it was quickly followed by Eat Me. Eat me. <laughs> I Anonymous. Know. Like the wit of the yeah. writing Agreed. was fantastic. I thought the casting, the casting uh, was fantastic. The guy that played the the original cannibal, that's Robert Carlyle. And yeah, I, from uh, Full Monty, right? He's from Full Monty. I know him probably best from the TV show Once Upon a Time. Oh um, yeah, he, played he plays Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah, he does. Um, and he's 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 phenomenal. Oh, so fantastic! And actually, yeah. the other guy that they I all like, were they they it was so well cast. Um, Neil McDonough. He the played. He's dude. the guy with the blonde hair and those oh, like, my God. piercing blue eyes. His death when he was like. That's, I, please pose me like that in my casket. I, I just want to be like, as if I like, am smiling, but like the, like the emoji with the teeth. That's like, that's how I want to be posed, please. I can do that. Okay, okay. thank you. But no, I'm not him, even planning on having a, a funeral, but make a no, casket just, just for that. Right? I, I can do that. We'll do a glass casket. Please, You'll be yes. like Snow White, but it's just like, hey. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. No, he's, uh, Neil McDonough is one of those guys where I've like, I've seen him in a couple things and every time I see him, I recognize him. Uh, yep. Personally. Plays a bad I, guy. Always plays a bad he guy. plays a good bad guy, although he does play a good guy in my favorite uh, 
sci-fi channel did a wizard of oz miniseries called tin man and he uh, is in tin man and he is but he's like one of those like reluctant heroes kind of like the anti-hero kind of guy mm. just so good i have that i own it on uh blu-ray i'll let you buy yeah, it I should, yeah I should check it's that fun out. It it's good fun it kind of um, like fucks with the uh the story a bit but you're like eh, it's a sci-fi miniseries so let's right. do this if there's no flying sharks it's a win no i'm here <laughs> <laughs> or a loss depending on how you look at it um no i i really can't speak highly enough about this movie i think the acting the writing the directing it was all really well done and i I was impressed, like there were moments where we were like, well, why wouldn't they just bleh? But I also feel like it didn't take away in any, not for a second, how much I enjoyed the film. And also there were scenes that Queez made me a little icky. And that to me is always a, a feather in the cap of a film because I'm so freaking desensitized that nothing, nothing gets yeah, to me anymore. The, it, the movie moves along because I remember at one point, like checking to see how much time was left, not for any other reason that at one point it's like almost everybody's dead. And then I look yes. at him like, there's still it's only minutes. like 40 minutes into the movie and we still have a whole lot of movie to go. And then it's like, what else can we do? Oh, I did okay. the same. Yep. I did the same <laughs> thing. I, I felt like we were close to the end and I paused it because I had to like put the girls to bed or something. But I was like, oh, snap, there's still like 40 minutes left in this film. <laughs> it does. Um, it gets to the action right away. It really it, it kind of, you know, yeah. it gets any sort of exposition out of the way. It just it moves right along. Um, and, and at the end, like the the epic fight at the end between that was fun the yeah. the the two guys it's <laughs> the, the moment toward the end my note was like oh it's like they're gonna kiss and then that's when the bear trap happened and i was like oh they're dead <laughs> and that bear trap was the biggest bear trap i've ever seen too <laughs> it's like a dinosaur trap that is a that is a brontosaurus trap i mean to be fair you don't know how big bears were back then i'm not i have no bear bear expert i don't know how big bears are now i just know they're bigger than me and that's my all i know measure is brown. of bear Brown, get down. Black, attack. That's all I know. White, you're dead. So <laughs> that one okay. doesn't ride, though. No, that's that's it. It's really just from, hi just from hiking and stuff. Yeah, those are the rules of thumb. Brown, get down. Like if you see a brown bear, you just go like this, and they'll leave you alone. Black, you gotta go and scare it away. Okay. And if you ever run into a polar bear, you're gonna get eaten. So white, good night. I believe is how they say that. <laughs> All yeah. hikers know that rule. It's okay, I, well, yeah. good to know. Good Either to know. that or somebody really played, played a really mean prank on me that might really bite me in the ass one day. <laughs> and, and cheers to whoever that was. <laughs> I also like at the very, very end of the movie when, uh, what's her name, Martha comes back with the other uh, with the <laughs> other general and she sees like what has transpired. And she's like, and she's like I'm, I'm out. Oh, oh my you just see her run away because yep. she's like, you in danger, girl. And she's right. like, nope, I know what's going to happen. Right. I know what's going to come of this. I already foretold all this bullshit. I am out. I, I am and, out. <laughs> and I think she was so smart for doing so. And it was such a poignant statement. I'm like, now who's savage, motherfuckers? Right. <laughs> but I, speaking of savage, I thought this film did a great job of not falling into what the fucking bullshit movie we're going to walk talk about next is, which is the very problematic representation of the savage of like the Native American. Both mm -hmm. of these films do Western well. Both of these yes. films have wonderful casts. Both of these films do icky. But... I will say what I liked about this film, in addition to what I thought was really smart writing, you're right, um, is this idea of like, the, just like they didn't do dirty by marginalized people. They made the, right. the white, 
military guys, the, the savages. And I was here for that. I like that yeah. kind of twist and, on that. And the, the, the indigenous people were actually played by indigenous actors. Look at you saying indigenous people. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to lie. I was about to say Native American, but I but forgot not, that it's, is, is Native American still, uh, truly, I mean, I, I, is indigenous people more Indigenous, preferred? I think, is the more preferred. I don't think there's anything, I don't think anybody would be like, oh my God, how dare you for calling someone a Native American, but I think indigenous is how most yeah. people would But no, they it. were played by indigenous actors. So again, and, and that's in 1999. So high five to late 90s inclusivity. Yeah. Meanwhile, back in 2015, where we regressed <laughs> right back to bullshit. Bone Tomahawk. So 2015, 2015. S. Craig Zaylor. Can I just get out of the way my fucking disdain for S. Craig Taylor now? A Zaylor now? Okay, go ahead. Just get it out of my system. And then I just promise we could talk about the movie. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll, I'll I'm, ready. I'm ready. I want to preface this by saying that I don't agree with cancel culture in his case. He didn't break any, he didn't necessarily break the law. He hasn't really done anything necessarily like so offensive that I think we should cancel him. But for me personally, fuck you. And here's why. Like, dear S. Craig Zaylor, go fuck yourself, okay? Dragged Across the Concrete should not exist. It's a film that he made literally to be like, boo-hoo, poor white man in America. I'm going to get Mel Gibson to play a cop and the cop's going to be total prick and I'm going to be like, he's my sympathetic character because I'm a fucking jackass, really extreme conservative whatever who wants to play into the fucking hands of my gun-toting, crazy majority KKK fan base. That being said, he has it. And I looked, I looked everywhere. I was like, there's gotta be somewhere that this motherfucker broke the law so I could cancel him like he's deserved to be canceled. But the truth is he doesn't. So what I will say is I do not support his politics. And I think that his assertion that he, man, I'm just making movies. I don't know why everybody thinks that I'm trying to put a message forth. When you make a movie about, a, oh, the poor white cop who viciously attacks and kills like kills a marginalized person and then is the hero of the story, you're making a statement. Fuck off. Anywho. Also, I'm just saying that his representation of the savage, like the, 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 like, haven't we put the trope of the savage to bed? Can we just get over it and realize that representing Native American people or indigenous people, as it were, as these cannibalistic monsters who use bone tomahawks to fucking chop a person in half and consume them is problematic for a white director coming from a position of privilege in 2015? <laughs> well, now, I did not know that background on him. Having yeah. said that, there was another indigenous actor in this movie and he did make a point, and maybe they, they did this on purpose, I guess. I don't know. I don't know if they did this on purpose. I'm assuming they did this on purpose for the story and not so much for the sensitivity of people watching the movie. But he did say, because one of the characters in the movie said something about, oh, you know, it's your people, it's your Indians. And, and the guy was like, nah, bro, like this is not, this is like, he was like, this is a completely separate kind of people. This is not... The Native Americans, like he's like, these are a people of, you know, I, he basically made sure that the, the Native American character made the statement that these people were not normal Native Americans. Like this, yes. this is a sect of people that have just come up through the ages as cannibals and horrific. Like they, they, I feel like they tried to make a separation of that. 
Right, but I'm sure that hillbillies living in the mountains of West Virginia resent the fuck out of the hills have eyes too. Yeah. Because if I run into them, I'm gonna be like, "Ah, there's cannibals, they're gonna eat me. So at the end of the day, like, yeah, I hear what he's saying, like that it doesn't speak for everybody, but also you're coming, you're coming at it from a position where you're not acknowledging that that's gonna trickle down to everyone. And and I don't know if he gets, the other problem is like, here's what I think why these sit so poorly with me. And then I will get into why I like this. <laughs> the truth of the matter is I want to hate this movie, but it's a good fucking movie. It's so good. I know, but it makes me mad. And it makes me mad because in 2015, making a movie with this type of problematic representation, and this was my same gripe with block, uh, cell block 99, my same block, my same gripe with the stupid dragged across the concrete. You are doing this in 2015 to be like nanny, nanny, boo, boo. You can't stop me from being politically incorrect. You can't stop me from making a movie that has such problematic representation. Fuck you, I'm gonna wish for the good old days of like Clint Eastwood. To me, this is the same beef I have with fucking Quentin Tarantino. You put it out there because you wanna call back to what you consider a better time in Hollywood. You're pissed that we're like the Me Too and the equality and everybody's getting called out. And deep down, you're a fucking cranky, shitty, little privileged white guy who wants to be able to stand up on your soapbox and be like, you can't stop me from making the kind of movie I want to watch, make. And you are just smudging our faces in, in, in our own progress. Like you're like shirking everything that's been done to make people more woke just so you can make a film. And I don't know that that sits well with me. And I've been I've been racking my brain about this. And and Jackie, I'm really curious to hear your perspective on this because at the end of the day, why I feel so shitty is because I like this movie. I love Kurt Russell. I really think it's a well done movie, but I can't digest or get over the dangers of postulating indigenous peoples as these monsters that the white man has to go fight. And I don't know if that's, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. Especially it's, because it's such a problematic representation. Yeah. No, that one is tough. Um, I know that I struggled um, having to change my underwear several times because, I mean, it, Kurt Russell oh flood the basement, changed my underpants. Oh my God. Uh, is it Patrick, weird that- Patrick Wilson, flood oh, the basement, changed right, my underpants. Changed my, right. Matthew Fox, oh flood my the God. basement, changed the underpants. Can we say that I think little Matthew Fox really proved his little weight in this movie? I He did. God, my goodness. I thought he did a great job with it. In fact, even I thought everybody, and like Sid Haig being in it made my heart happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there was so much about this movie that I loved. And I loved, the, like, I liked the thematic idea of like the, 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 the idea of how uncivilized, you know, people can be um, when they need to be. I loved, I gotta be honest, I loved all the scenes in the cave. They were some really, like, I mean, Jesus, when they killed Matthew Fox's character, I was like, <laughs> like, I mean, and this is low budget for all intents and purposes. Yeah. So you got to really give these guys some credit for what they did. I mean, here's, here's another movie where you split somebody from the crotch down. Yeah. And I love that it was a male too. It felt, it, it just felt so <laughs> empowering. Um, and then like just the haunt, the imagery of like the pregnant mute, like decapitated. Oh my God. The fact, and, well, when they ooh. said that they're, they said that they're blind, crippled pregnant women. And when they walk past them, you see that they're blind because the, the, the men of that tribe shoved spikes in their eyes. And yep. that's why they're blind. Like it's it's just it's it's insanity. There's so much about this movie. I I agree that it, it's 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 a tough pill to swallow when 
we're in 2015 and this is the movie that's being made. Just like, yeah, just like all his other movies. It's, 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 you can't help but be a a hypocrite about it because it's, it's, you don't want that message out there, but at the same time, you want to tell everybody to go watch this movie because it's so well done. It's so well acted. Like Kurt Russell, Richard Jenkins. Can we talk about our Lord and Savior, Richard Jenkins? Oh my gosh. What has he ever done something that wasn't just superb? Like he's just a little, he's been been, actually, I, I I had to do like a little double check-in, but I'm like, there are like all horror people because you've got Sid Haig from Mm -hmm. house of a thousand corpses. Yeah. David Arquette from the scream series. Patrick Wilson is from insidious and the conjuring Kurt Russell from the thing Richard Jenkins Richard Jenkins was in cabin in the woods and I'm like oh like little baby Matthew Fox like you gotta pull you know what what do you what have you done and actually he was in the movie my boyfriend's back which I remember (laughs) watching on HBO a long time ago about a zombie that comes back you know to be with his girlfriend yes so he was there you go a little little horror comedy for matthew fox so everybody is all up in the horror biz in bone homahawk i am here for it i loved him i'm here for all of this again though like i just it's like i finished the movie and i'm like pissed that this guy's getting my money and i'm pissed even though i don't even think i paid for it and I'm pissed no it's that, free on amazon Prime yeah it's now. free so fuck you um and i'm pissed at the idea that a director like him still gets a seat at the table. Um, I I don't think the, like I saw a lot of criticisms of the film, Roger Ebert's little protege, uh, like, you know, bashing it for this, the, the violence and stuff. I don't, that never bothers me. Yeah. I feel like violence does have a purpose. It does. And in this film, I don't necessarily think the purpose of it is a good one. I think it is to kind of highlight. So here's my big beef with this. This guy in my head in Trump's America, right? was stirring the pot and being like, look how scared you need to be of the other. Look how fucked up they are. Look how weird their fucking traditions are. Look how otherly they are. We're good folks and they're going to come here and they're going to fucking get us. And to me, in, in and now I'm happy to say we're going to be ushering ourselves into a post-Trump America, but these films all took place during the Trump America re- re- regime. And it was when white men felt very empowered to be shitty and in my humble opinion from about 2015 through about 2020 one of the worst side effects in the industry of trump was people like him feeling very empowered and making films that like like incels are going to sit around and watch over and over and over again and that's my fear my fear is that while this movie is cool and while there's a lot of good things about it I don't know that it's worth having it out there so that some weirdo sitting in his basement deciding who he's going to mass murder this week can watch it and feel like a tough nut. You know what I mean? Like, that's my fear. And I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being too harsh. Maybe I am guilty of being too liberal and too feminist and too ideological about it. Maybe I should just be like, it's a really fun Western horror movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because it is. And, and it you're is. shaking your head. You, I, Cause I know. Because you know what? Because that, that's where I am. Because... For me, like you, we, our brains work differently and you are smart and you (laughs) will watch a movie and you come up with all of this. I'm, I'm much more of the, I, I'm, I'm soaking it all in. I'm loving the scenery. I'm loving the character actors. I'm loving the, you know, to me, the, the, the explicit violence was exactly that, but it was also in context. This was not gratuitous in my, in my opinion, 
all of this this violence is within the the characters that were written this is a cannibalistic you know they don't they don't even speak you know this is this is a group of of people that communicate via you know it, it reminded me of Jurassic Park because they communicated like velociraptors with their throat calls you know they don't even have a grasp of a language that we could even begin to comprehend because they put the bones in their throat to make that whistle so we couldn't even possibly communicate it begs the question though what makes us so fucking civilized we don't eat people we we animals animals don't talk to us no, see that's yeah. i think the com communication is the thing it's not a language that we can comprehend so we deem that as lesser than us i don't know if i i don't know if i agree with that i mean listen i'm not saying that we're just as bad as these obviously these these people are villainous they're horrible they're right. murderous they're monstrous um but i also feel like it's the hubris of the white man the hubris of the colonized colonizer oh we're the civilized ones we're the good ones like you don't like the what begs the question in my head is you don't know what the heck these settlers did to their people you don't know what happened when they first came to that land that land might have belonged to those people yeah. you know and so and the other thing that's deeply problematic is that when you look at the history that wasn't what native americans were in any region of this country so it's like that that imagery and yes, there were there were plenty of reports of tribes who did participate in cannibalistic rituals, but again, they were rituals that were part of their religious ideologies, and they were always consensual and like they didn't go murdering people and eating them. So like, like I'm not willing to accept that this is anything close to what was really going on. A and B, if it was, I begs it begs the question of what else was happening behind well, the scenes. I I think you're I think you're putting too much of history and reality into a make believe world. Yeah, but this I, didn't take place in a make-believe world. This took place in 1800s America. And he made that abundantly clear. No, I get that. He, I'm it saying says 1890. I, I mean, it's it's a movie. It's fictional characters. And I think fictional you're- Fictional characters. characters. I think you're putting too much stock into- into a into a fake into a story into a fake story yeah but i'm not gonna watch like it's funny you say fictional characters i'm not gonna watch jade silent bob and be like oh my god what a poor representation of mall security how could they because it's satire i don't know that this is satirical i don't know that it's meant to be satirical so what is I, it meant I, to be it's 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 violence it's just a movie i don't know that everything is, that is made is trying to make a statement I agree, but I think that that's the responsibility that comes with filmmaking, that a guy like Fair him, enough. and the other problem is I think I, I think he knows exactly what he's doing. I don't think you make a movie like this and not be like, shit, is this a problem? Like, you gotta be honest. If I came to you and I was like, Jackie, I just wrote the script. I'm so excited about it. Can you read it? And it was about, you know, Cubans who did the the cha-cha in like fruit baskets and were like tiki 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 and they like litter and then they were like a babaloo and they were all these tropes that are very problematic about Cubans you wouldn't be like Marissa are you are you sure this is what you want to put out there like somebody must have been like dude this is this could be construed by some as offensive like but that's all I'm saying that's all I'm saying is that when you make this kind of movie uh, you have to you have to know that people like me are going to look at it in that lens and again i'm not i'm not taking away from his talent I, I think he makes interesting movies but unfortunately i just don't fall on his side of the political spectrum which is not to say that i don't think he doesn't have a place this movie has its right it has a place 
I'm just saying that as someone who's constantly worried about representation of marginalized people in all of culture and art, I don't think we cancel them. I don't think we cancel anybody. Well, unless they're like legit criminals. But I do think we we need to tread lightly and at least acknowledge that yeah, it's a cool fucking movie. Yeah, people are going to watch it. I feel like people like in our circles are all like Bone Tomahawk, yeah. But I, I want to just acknowledge that while I, I do enjoy it, I also see why some of us are like, yeah, this fucking guy is a problem. <laughs> you know, and maybe he's not. Maybe it's just me. But for me personally, I'm, I'm always going to take him very cautiously. Okay, fair like, enough. Like Quentin Tarantino, you know, it's the same thing. I'm like, I just certain directors, and it is impressive that he wrote, directed, and composed these movies. I think that's super like John Carpenter level talented. Oh, that's something I forgot to mention about oh. Ravenous. Just real quick, the yeah. score for uh-huh. Ravenous, the music, kind of that like noise rock oh, genre yeah, that, of music. Yeah, that that was insane yeah. and I loved it. I loved every second of it. Oh my God, I it like messed with me. I kept being like, what's that noise? <laughs> like, <laughs> like a weird dissonant like chord that kept ha- repeating yes. and then there was this melody fantastic anyway back to bone tomahawk yeah no we would need we would need zach here to be like music visual man because that's Seriously. yeah no Seriously. i agree this, that's his, that would be his jam and a half um uh, agreed agreed that was really interesting and even though i thought the composing work in bone tomahawk was really good like yeah. i'm always impressed with someone who can compose their own music for their own movie like that shit's legit i also thought it was interesting that they use opium against them Mm -hmm. was like opium is like kind of like something that I I don't know I felt like it was using one of our things that makes us dangerous against the people who you know so I I thought it was interesting that he used the opium to knock them out the scalp everything about that scene from the scalping to the just uh that whole scene I just kept writing like yikes just to take my eyes off the screen I think uh Um, going back to the casting did you happen to notice uh the mayor and his wife when they came in in the beginning like right before they were going to set out to go so the wife the mayor's wife was finkel einhorn finkel einhorn shut the front door it was sean young (laughs) do you know who the mayor was you ready for ready to poop your pants i'm a little bit yeah our favorite lost boy jameson newlander what Uh uh-huh shut the front door it was and now I gotta go. I gotta like Google it. That's crazy. How do I, I gotta go back and watch? I that saw scene. that because I, I was watching it on my phone and on Amazon. If you accidentally like touch a button, you know how the thing comes up. Oh, the thing you, that like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. And whatever. I like that. And it popped up and it said Jameson Newlander, and I'm like, our best friend, like our best friend that we hung out with for a weekend, Jameson Newlander. You mean yeah? You mean my my BFF? My yeah, like yeah. our our total, Christmas cards seriously coolest coolest lost boy that we know uh, he is the coolest frog brother yeah for sure hell, heads yes hands hell fucking yes. down hands down what a class act that guy is he was he was super nice he oh my god nice. i loved him but yeah when i saw that i was like oh, that's our boy yeah that's our boy that's so, so funny oh yeah sean young sean young and jameson newlander were the mayor and the mayor's wife uh another two national treasures is there any casting in this movie that wasn't absolutely perfect no i don't think so (laughs) and i gotta be honest is it weird that even when he dresses like santa claus i am very very ridiculously attracted to kurt russell not at all because i watch the christmas chronicles just for him (laughs) although it's adorable full disclosure (laughs) yeah you know Christmas spirit and all, but also, oh you know, mommy got to get some. So. Mommy, right, mommy's got to find some happiness. Kurt Russell, he uh, got me a little misty-eyed in this movie. When, when? he 
when he was dying. Oh. And he's talking to Chicory, played by Richard Jenkins. Did you really cry? I got misty-eyed when Kurt God. Russell said, say goodbye to my wife and I'll say hello to yours. Oh. And I was like, <laughs> at that point, I was just like, you did, bunny bumpkins. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, like I, no tears formed, but right, like that, just a little, I, like, I welled up a little bit when right, I was like, your oh allergies, sure. <laughs> yeah. I was cutting onions. Um, <laughs> When I was watching this movie, it was strange that I was cutting onions, but I was. Um, <laughs> well, uh, no, yeah, that you one know, got me. Did it? Okay, see, I know it didn't get me in the feels. I, I'm, I mean, stuff like that rarely does, but yeah, that's not true. I cried at everything, but um, no, it's hard. Like, it, yeah, that that didn't get me. Although I did really like the, their characters. I liked both the Jenkins's character and Kurt Russell's character. I, like, they were such badass Western things. So I little- liked. I liked that Richard Jenkins lived. Cause he didn't seem Me like too. one that was going to survive. I didn't think it. he was going to survive. Yeah. I got to be honest. When they went into the cave, I was like, oh, this is not going to look not, good. I, I assumed the only person walking out of there was, uh, was Kurt Russell, to be honest. I was glad that he was the one who wound up saying, and it's such a badass like Western hero trope. And like, I think about like tombstone, oh, tombstone. <laughs> oh, oh, tombstone. Oh, tombstone. So I can watch tombstone good. any day. I should have worn Kurt my Russell, Val yeah. Kilmer, Bill Paxton. Guy with the mustache, whose name? Who am I thinking of? What's his name? Oh, Sam something. Sam O'Neill. No, not Sam O'Neill. No, um, I know who you're talking about. Oh, you know the other one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. guy with the mustache. All yeah, <sighs> all national treasures. Actually, I I love my Abier Huckleberry shirt so much. I can't even tell you. Um, so F. Mary Kill in this film, oh. Kurt Russell, Matthew Fox, and Patrick Wilson. Oh, Mine's easy. God. Um, you know what? I, yeah, I think that that one is going to be, I'm going to marry Kurt Russell, fuck Patrick Wilson, and I'm going to kill Matthew Fox. Oh, wow. Okay, see, yeah. I'm going to do, I'm going to throw Patrick Wilson right off the mat. He does nothing really? for me. No, he does nothing for me. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, like I he's see not. Him- you know, I will say he's not my typical. He is probably one of the prettiest guys that like do it for me in any but sense yeah, of the word. he's not your usual. He's very pretty. But there's just some, but you know what it is? I'll tell you what it is. Is it the- he, he started his career in theater and on Broadway. Mm. And if you've ever heard him sing. Really? Spalouche. Wow. Oh, oh my yeah, God. See- so yeah, he's, he's, he was in Oklahoma. Really? Uh, there, you know yeah, what? See, Look my up. My basement bone dry. <laughs> really? My bone tomahawk dry. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I'm no, if you look up online, uh, there's a YouTube video. It's uh patrick wilson and stephen colbert singing oh. the national anthem at a baseball game wow. and it is phenomenal so yeah right. that's where i've got a lot of love but yeah he's he's really pretty kind of too pretty for my likes but there's yeah i'm, I'm here for patrick wilson yeah oh, no yeah, offense to matthew that. fox i never watched party of five oh, so i really see, don't that's... know a lot about like i know that he exists i've seen him in movies i've i watched lost for a couple seasons yeah. so it's like i'm aware of matthew fox but he does I really party. don't have anything for him. And between, obviously, the only reason why I'm choosing to marry Kurt Russell is because Kurt Russell's Kurt Russell. But you have to marry Kurt Russell. You have now no here's, choice. Here's my other fun F. Mary Kill. Okay. F. Mary Kill. Mm-hmm. Tombstone Kurt Russell. Big Trouble Little China Kurt Russell. Overboard Kurt Russell. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's tough. And that's just the first, like, I could do 12 rounds of Kurt Russell F. Mary Kill. Right. Okay. I, okay, go ahead. Go do yours first. Okay, I'm gonna kill overboard Kurt Russell <gasps> because he was deceitful. He was a little skeevy. He was yeah. deceitful. Yeah, rapey. And rapey. you know, <laughs> I am going to fuck 
Big Trouble in Little China, Kurt Russell. Okay. And and I'm going to marry uh, Tombstone Kurt Russell. Oh my God, are you really? Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's... All right, so I'm going to get rid of Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> okay. Kurt Russell. A little too mouthy. A little too mouthy yeah. for me. Um, I'm going to marry tombstone agreed yes. agreed because he's just so sweet in that movie and i'm going to uh f overboard kurt russell because i gotta tell you if if little marissa ever had a first experience with the basement being flooded two things <laughs> overboard and dirty dancing really <laughs> those were mm. my two my two like my my awakening as a woman <laughs> yeah i think the first that's really funny that it was kurt russell because my legit and and i'm not i'm i swear this is this is 100 percent true I'm really my excited. first like boy girl thing was with ryan lambert who played rudy in monster squad but before uh, okay. i think before i saw him on monster squad he was on kids incorporated and he yes, was my he favorite was. one on kids incorporated so yeah like my first ever boy girl thing was with with ryan lambert from monster squad Mine was probably like Zach Morris was probably my real for like yeah where I was like I feel very dirty things when he comes on the screen, um but yeah no kids I remember him on Kids Incorporated now that you say because I also really enjoyed Kids Incorporated I was I was a big Kids Incorporated gal myself yeah I I, I like yeah. Kids Incorporated um me too me too um so yeah so I I hate to say it but I would really recommend both these films if anybody hasn't seen them mm-hmm. I think that cannibalism is a fascinating subject to kind of do academically. I learned a lot about like the idea of like consumption as religion, as ritual. It was, it's actually it was actually really interesting to kind of do the digging around on this one. And for all the violence that was in Bone Tomahawk, you never see anyone get eaten. It's foretold, you know, it's suggested. You know, at one point oh, yeah, they were like, Oh point. yeah, like where's David Arquette's character? And uh the woman, uh Patrick Wilson's wife, she was she like, says, Oh yeah, yeah, they ate they him. Ate him. But yeah. you never see, you never see them actually consuming Consum- anybody. Like yeah. all the violence you see is, you know, all the shenanigans that happen on their way to go find Patrick Wilson's wife. And then the super shenanigans that happen inside the cave. Like, I'm sorry. You know what? S- slicing somebody open and then shoving hot metal into the wound. Like oh, that was gnarly. That was no. I was like, hoo, 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 hoo. <laughs> yeah. I gotta be honest with you. I was a little hoo, 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 on yeah. that one too. That would they make were like, mad. I, they were mad. They were mad. <laughs> yeah, that one. Like I, it was one. Like that was like the moment where like when that whole scene was going on. Like after that scene ended, like I literally had to go unclench your jaw relax your shoulders yep. take a deep take breath your, like because yeah. i found Tongue myself being like your mouth. Yeah. It, <laughs> i will say i did think some some of the travel parts got a little boring a little slow but yeah you know like it's slow at points but the, once they hit the cave holy shnikes <laughs> yeah, yeah. every minute of that cave scene is just grueling um mm-hmm. and yeah and i thought these were both really good movies and i'm glad i got before we put tom bone tomahawk on our radar i didn't know anything about these films so i think we did we done did good this week yeah i know is this our thanksgiving episode this is our thanksgiving episode this is our thanksgiving oh oh where we feast everyone feasts maybe this year get a little weird with what you fierce who you feast on because you're not gonna be with your family so same i'm i normally have uh anywhere from like nine to eleven people in the house and yeah it's just gonna be me and 
and Chad and my mama and my nephew. That's it. That's good though. So, At least yeah, you get no, them. I mean it's it's I'm 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 very happy that that my nephew is is able to come down and and Same. hang out with us. Yeah. So that makes me super excited. But but yeah, like it kind of bums me out because Thanksgiving is my absolute favorite. I have hosted uh, the Thanksgiving dinner. This will be my 11th or 12th year wow. of hosting it. And I have my whole routine of when I go shopping and what I cook. And the day before is like always kind of a big event in my family too, because we all get together and we help and we prep. So um, I'm bummed out that Thanksgiving can't be the way that I would like it to be, but you know what, we're doing it so that next year, hopefully next year, we can go back to having a normal house That's, full of people on Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, I'm optimistic. I think we all have to be smart. We all have to do our part. Um, I'm sad to not see my extended family for Thanksgiving, but I think it's a, you know, if we all make a little sacrifice just to make it better <clears throat> and keep the world as safe as we can, it would be nice, you know? I know that not everybody's gonna just, you know, follow the rules, but it's important that some of us try, you know? And I'm bummed, I'm not gonna lie, I'm definitely bummed. And I'm, I was also kind of panicking this morning because when when I I have found the news out that my family isn't hosting Thanksgiving, uh, my daughter very adorably was like, "Well, at least we'll get to watch the whole parade because we always wind up having to leave to drive to my mom's house during the best parts of the parade, and I get all salty, um, and then I get I like rush in to make sure I get there for Santa, because um, that's the real Santa fun fact mm -hmm. in the Macy's parade, um, and I uh, yeah no I I was I had a moment where I was like, oh my god, they're not going to do the parade this year. And I was like in pure panic, but they are, they're just not having anybody like watch it. So I think it's going to still happen, but it's okay, not. They're just going to like televise. Yeah. I don't think it's going to look anything like the normal parade, but at least they're trying to do something. Yeah. All right. Well, we want to wrap up. Yeah. So we hope you guys have enjoyed this tasty episode. <laughs> tasty. <laughs> it's so tasty. And yes, again, for the umpteenth time, you haven't seen ravenous go watch ravenous if you haven't seen bone tomahawk watch it bone tomahawk is currently free on amazon prime uh and ravenous can be rented on amazon prime it's only four dollars you spend four dollars on much less so spend a couple bucks and watch ravenous um so yeah we hope you guys have had a fun time with us don't forget to check us out on social media. Just search Jersey Ghouls on your favorite podcast app or anywhere on social media and you will find us. Marissa, is there anything you would like to promote? Um, well, yeah, I'd like to actually uh, just give a special shout out to uh, Dark Hills Radio. That we're helping them out, making some sweet content. So please consider heading over and checking out Dark Hills Radio and the very talented staff over there. Also, I would like to uh, just give a, a quick little special shout out to my friends over at Blackheart Collective. Um, I just finished participating in the ritual, which was an online immersive horror experience. And it was, as all their stuff is, super profound, super scary super good um i absolutely adore those people and want to give them all the love i can um in fact joshua and uh their uh spouse will be on the show very soon i also want to tease do, what's that in the back do you hear that do you hear those sleigh bells jackie what's a, when i and when i say sleigh bells i mean s-l-a-y because it's a Jersey Ghouls Christmas show. But what I will say is that we have some very fun stuff planned for you guys in the month of December. So definitely stick with us because don't forget, Krampus is the reason for the season, y'all. He is. We actually are going to be releasing an episode every single Sunday yeah. in December for Man. our very special Jersey Ghouls 
Christmas. Feliz Navidad. That's our gift to you, bitches. Feliz Navidad. And we are going to cover all kinds of Christmassy movies. Um, some new, some old. Um, but yeah, whole bunch be- of whole bunch of friends are going to come and oh join gosh. us on this podcasting adventure. What's a, what's a holiday special without friends? That's what I'm saying. Unfortunately, and we are- the, the Ewoks were busy. I couldn't get them <laughs> for our Christmas special. They they were busy, but we got some definitely special guests coming up. Yes, there's some definitely some special guests, tons of friends. So maybe a giveaway. Ooh, I'm feeling a giveaway. You want to do a give? We can do a giveaway. It's it's, it's tis the, the season. Time to give. Tis the uh, fucking season. We are so it. excited. So we are going to be we are going to be blowing up yep. your feeds with all sorts of content. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Yeah. Enjoy. And then the holiday season will be upon us and you're going to be hearing a whole bunch of us. What am I doing with my face right now? I don't know. Is that your, is that your bell shickle? (laughs) This is my, I don't know. I I insist that you watch the office bell shickle episode. Okay. I promise. No, you don't. You're a fucking liar. I don't know. No, I'm I'm sure I'll put it on the list. I'll watch it. Such a fucking liar. And on that note, uh, I, and just on this, the holiest of holy holiday seasons is upon us and you lie to me. All right. Oh, bye-bye. Oh, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Why did I wave? <laughs> Goodbye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. <laughs> <laughs>